Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secrets of Marketers podcast, the only podcast you can rely on to give you real, raw, unfiltered marketing advice covering the latest tips, tricks, and tools that millionaire marketers use to make money online. I am your host, Jeremy Blossom. Sit back, relax, and let's start discovering the true secrets of marketers. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Secrets of Marketers podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Blossom, and I have a real treat for everybody today. I have Mr. Steve Hartman. Welcome to the show, Steve. Hey, Jeremy. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for joining us. For those of you who've seen our promos for the last few days, Steve is the head of integrated marketing for Experian. And uh, you, my friend, have got over 18 years of advertising experience under your belt. Um, and I have known you now for about maybe what, two, maybe well, actually longer, maybe four or five years now. Yep. Thanks and so. so we've talked about getting you on the show for a long time. And I'm so happy that uh, we we're able to make today work. So I want to get right into it. One big thing that I wanted to, to start off with everybody is I'd like people to hear from you you know, about your background, where you came from. So in your own words, tell us about Steve Hartman. Ooh, um, let's see. We got, um, I think my, my experience is, is generally in digital acquisition marketing. You know, I've worked for a lot of subscription services. I was the first marketing hire at eHarmony, um, you know, got back in 2002. Um, and, uh, um, you know, kind of going from there, um, you know, had a couple of startups, um, and, uh, then became the head of marketing for Gamefly, uh, which was kind of the Netflix of video games at the time, um, and, and stayed there for about six years. Um, then kind of went back into the startup world a little bit, um, did some consulting, um, did some consulting for you, um, yep. <laughs> and, yep. uh, um, uh, landed at Experian, um, about four years ago. And, uh, wasn't really sure what to expect. Biggest company I'd ever worked for, publicly traded. I mean, it's a credit bureau, um, and uh, and and you know, kind of really wasn't sure because I'm coming from such a uh, you know kind of a direct response, you know, acquisition marketing um, background to kind of this you know enormous company that yes, acquisition's big, but um, but you know, kind of establishing the brand and 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 thinking about things beyond just member acquisition and growth, um, you know, come into play. And so, um, you know, I've been running the, I've been running all the paid media there for, um, for a few years now. And, uh, and it's been awesome. Um, it, it's amazing. You know, I hope I can, uh, I hope I can share some, some good insights from, from, from startup world to, um, you know, to now when, you know, we're kind of in this, in, in this, different level of, um, of media and, and marketing. I, I, you're being so humble. I love how you say different level. Um, <laughs> you guys, uh, for everyone who's listening, this is why I was so excited to have you on the show because there are very few people that had both sides of the coin from the startup world to this publicly traded enterprise world and the amount of experience that you've gained being able to sit and, and even consult with companies like myself 
um, you really do have such a great blended background and that a lot of people can leverage. But let's back up a little bit um, into what you've seen from like a trend perspective. So head of Gamefly, the Netflix of, you know, video games doing a lot of digital direct response type, uh, you know, customer acquisition, right, into experience. Um, if you want to share, what were some of the big strategies that you were doing at Gamefly? And then what are some of the big strategies that, if any, that you're actually, that you've taken into experience? Oh, um, you know, honestly, even startups before Gamefly or, or after Gamefly that I went to that were even even earlier stage, you know, I mean, I think, you know, you, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're driving, you're spending media to drive some sort of an action, um, you know, and, and even with this, you know, big budget that you want to make sure you're, you know, you're, you're creating some brand awareness and, um, you know, some brand equity, you know, with your spend, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm still trying to drive orders, new members, new enrollments, whatever it is. And, and so, you know, the difference is, you know, when you're at a startup or, you know, uh, you know, kind of a, um, you know, tighter budget company, you know, I mean, it's harder, you know, you're starting at ground zero, you're, um, you know, you're, uh, you're doing more kind of the growth hacking. I, I don't like the word growth hacking, but it, it is, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, yeah. you know, you're, you're, um, you know, you're doing the the early things about like defining who your customer is and, um, you know, aligning your product to that customer's needs. And then where do you find that customer for, you know, really cheap, you know, and try to, how you find it in a viral way, you know, is it content, is it social, is it email, you know, uh, things like that. Um, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's just tough. I mean, it's tough right there, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and then when you come to this big company, you're, um, you have all those data points, right? You know who your customer is, you know, probably where you can reach them. Um, you've probably tested everything you could test, you know, as far as the funnel and the optimization of the product and, you know, the experience, the customer experience. Um, but you're still going after the, you still have the same KPIs. And yes. so, you know, it's just a different way of using it. And so you have more dollars and, and, you know, more money, more problems. I don't know. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, know you, you have more money to, to kind of, and in resources, I guess, to, uh, you know, to kind of find these customers and, and, and get them to your site and get them to convert. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I wanted to, to, that's a perfect transition into the next question I have for you. So, you know, you said it best. And that's one of the things I love about you is that you do acknowledge that in a startup environment, you really are doing a lot of data, you know, like, like you've, you know, growth hacking, true. I don't like that, that, that expression either, but like a way of understanding, does this channel work? If so, how does it work? How does it convert? What are the numbers behind it? And there's no shortcut to it. You just got to spend money. You got to get in the trenches, roll up the sleeves and get to work on that. Um, and that is ultimately the hardest part. And I think it's refreshing for a lot of marketers who are listening to this that are not at the 200 million. So I'd say probably everybody listening to this, except for you, uh, is probably relieved to hear that that is the tough part because, you know, every dollar counts on a startup, right? Every dollar needs to yield some type of result. So what are some of the problems that you face? You know, how does it differ from a startup problems? Obviously, you know, you said it too, that we're always looking at KPIs and the KPIs are the same across every business, no matter how big they are, we're all looking, you know, the same KPIs. Can you talk about some of the things that you have to face and one of the issues that you're facing running such a huge budget? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think 
doesn't matter what size company you're in. Um, you know, I think two of the biggest, you know, factors in, in, in getting a successful marketing, um, strategy is, is, you know, measurement attribution, you yeah. know, and, and combination of the two. Um, and, and so, um, you know, there's channels that, you know, exactly this person, you know, paid search, you know, he searched for this term, he came in, he did this, he signed up, good to go, easy. But then there's something like podcasts or, uh, OTT, um, or, um, you know, uh, digital videos sometimes that eh, maybe not so digital video as much, but, but, you know, these channels that are, that there's some disconnection in between the, you know, the, the, um, airing or the, you know, the, the, the listening, whatever it is sure. yeah. to, to the conversion and, 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 you know, tying those things together. I mean, it, it, it's hard, um, you know, and it's like, you almost need to spend a certain amount of money to feel the impact. Um, so if you, you know, if you're running a podcast campaign, you're not going to feel it week one, you know, you're probably not gonna feel it week two, maybe not week three, you need to kind of get that frequency out there. And so, you know, it's like, because you're, because you're not, you know, unless you have a promo code on there, that's giving away something great that they're going to use every time, it's going to be hard to attribute a new customer to that podcast, you know, or, or to yeah. the podcast by say, so, um, yeah, you know, I'm not sure why I got into podcasts, but um, you know, that's just one that that that's just one channel. Yeah, it's a good example, I think. Yeah, it's hard. Right? How are you supposed to measure that impact? Uh, because you download a podcast and they don't have to be connected to the internet or anything. They've got it on their phone. They could be mowing the lawn or going on a hike and listening to this, and then they come to your they, they take you up on the campaign or offer that you've put in that podcast, but that even could be three weeks after the fact, you know, several days or weeks after they listen to that podcast. So I don't, I think that's a perfect example is what I hear you saying is that the bigger you are and the more money you spend, obviously the tracking uh, is going to be much more of an issue. Uh, drilling down specific measurable uh, impacts that an ad is having uh, becomes way more convoluted because you're on every channel. Literally, you guys are on. There is not a channel you guys are not on, right? Sure. Uh, so, you know, that I can see that. So, is it fair to say, and, and if I'm totally wrong, call me out on this, but is it fair to say that all in, you guys are looking for like ticks up, right? Ticks up in like whether that's uh, overall customers that are, you guys are onboarding and Experian, more money, revenue. Is it these like, micro ticks or are you actually like, no, we're looking for a sweeping move toward this one offer that you guys are promoting at that time. Can you get into like what it is that you guys are looking for from a, you know, the 30,000 foot view, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, it's like that old school um, pyramid that's like awareness, consideration, um, yeah. conversion or whatever, uh -huh, right? It's uh -huh, like, yeah. That's reality, right? So you have upper funnel, which is you know, broadcast, you know, radio or audio, um, podcast, things like that, you know, you're bringing in the wide group and yep. then you have like the consideration group, which might be, you know, like kind of that mid funnel, which is like digital video paid social, um, you know, digital audio, you know, programmatic, whatever. And then it's like, then the bottom is, you know, paid search SEO, um, affiliate lead gen, things like that, you know, and it's like, you know, that, that whole thing, um, you know, and, and that, that, that's a reality, um, you know, and, and so, you know, for me, you know, I, I know that if I'm buying a spot in the NFL playoffs, 
like it's going to trickle down and all channels are going to go up and that's just the reality of it. Um, you know, when, you know, when we're talking about like that mid funnel, you know, and, and, you know, those, those things are usually kind of harder to to make work, but very measurable. Right. So, you know, I I can, you know, I, I, I know, you know, my paid social performance and have that ability. And, And then as you go down the funnel, it's obviously even, even more, uh, you know, more measurable. So, um, you know, I feel like, you know, everyone has a handle of that bottom part, but, you know, getting, you know, figuring out if those upper funnel dollars are working for you, that's the hard part. But, you know, I mean, obviously if, if it's an NFL playoff spot, you pretty much know right away, you know, your traffic, you know, you come to your site, you know, or you look at your site traffic, you look at your SEM brand and you look at your SEO and you just all, everything's going up. You're like, okay, that's, that's pretty impactful. But if you're running, you know, on, you know, MTV late night, you know, that has, you know, 10,000 viewers, you're not going to see it as much. Right. So we have to have tools in place to try to connect the dots and making sure that that, the, you know, the, the impact, you know, of that, you know, that MTV spot, you know, that, you know, it, it still makes sense and still backs out from a, you know, from a, you know, cost per acquisition or cost per action. Um, based. That's, that's what I thought was really fascinating. I mean, I, I've asked you, I mean, we have our little ad network. I'm like, Hey, is there anything we could do together? And of course you would love to do something, but the reason why you normally don't or haven't is because we don't have enough scale to even do anything from that top line. It would just be, you know, kind of lost. And so one of the big things that you, that almost does make your job harder in a lot of ways as a startup business. Yes. And you had a financial product and we've got the financial network. You, you know, all day long, Jeremy, let's do some business together. You've got a really good audience for me and you can measure it. And you know, that's great from us. There's a lot of, of advertising opportunities as a startup experience is, I mean, your audience base is huge. It's everybody over 18, but pretty much, you know, so it's like huge. And so, and you guys have got a ton of budget. So for you, it's the opposite. It's like, okay, Sure, there's a plenty of podcasts that are out there, but which ones have the biggest reach? And if you're going to try out this new channel, and so you hear, I'm sure everyone comes to you, Steve, I got this great advertising channel, and you would love to test it, but it's so small, and there's not that scalability there that you, you don't even try it because it's like what it won't, you know, you can't measure it. It's just too small. Right. I mean, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't usually feel that way because if I have a channel that works, like you know, let's keep going. Right. Let's go with that. You know, if it's, you know, if it's a email newsletter, like, and it's backing out for us, but it's only, you know, a couple grand a month, whatever, you know, maybe, maybe in six months, you know, that goes to 10 grand a month. And, you know, it's like, you know, you can't dismiss things like that. Um, you know, we're all about efficiency. I mean, we talk about that stuff all the time. Like, you know, you know, if we find something that works, let's, you know, let's, let's do it and let's build it or let's do it. And then let's find 10 other people that are doing it the same way. So we can get that scale. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I definitely don't discredit kind of like the smaller. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. You'll try that. You'll go and explore and try to get into that too. Cause I'm always wondering like, you know, is it, is it just, is it just too small or is there actually opportunities where you will grow and scale if it's a viable and it is backing out in some way? Digital probably is a little bit easier, a lot easier just because it's so much easier to measure than, let's say like a, a podcast or a smaller podcast would be. Right. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so what are some of the things that, those are some of the challenges as a big advertiser. Where do you see, what are you excited about? How do I get a $200 million ad spender excited about a, a something in, that's happening right now? Um, and, and what is that for you? Um, you know, I mean, I guess the the growth of just automation and in, in advertising is 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 good. I mean, it, it's um, you know, I, I hate to you know be so reliant on you know the big you know two publishers out there you know that you know that that take up everybody's you know eighty percent of their budget. Yeah. Um, you know, but they're always going to be there and they're going to be a, you know, they're just, you need them. Um, you know, but for us, you know, like we were excited to, to test some of the, the new up and comers, the TikToks and snaps, um, you know, that are doing great things, um, you know, and their audience isn't just, you know, 16 year olds, honestly, right. you know, it, and it's, you know, I snap said this week that, um, you know, that they have more customers, over 25 than Twitter, you know, and if you think about snap, like who you think of who their customer is, you're like, Oh, probably great 18 to 24, but like, you know, they're growing, they have, you know, on, on sports center on their sports center, like three minute clips every night, they have more viewers than ESPN network does, oh, um, wow. you know? So there's some really cool, there's some cool scalable digital partners that are out there that, that are exciting. Um, you know, for me, I think, um, kind of the automate back to the automation thing is kind of the automation of, of things like um, Spotify and Pandora and Roku just bought a DSP um, data zoo. And, and so, so then it's like, I'm buying, I'm buying Roku TV ads, you know, or whatever streaming ads. Yeah. Yeah. um, The way that I buy digital, right. Audience targeting and, you know, you know, creative optimization and, and, you know, all the cool things that you love about, about digital because it's like, you know, you know, it's, it's so shapeable. Um, you know, you always, all of a sudden had that opportunity with, with, um, you know, with a streaming, you know, ad buy or a, um, audio buy on Spotify, you know, and I think those things are, are really cool. Um, you know, and, and I think this is one thing I'm going to, I'm going to go back to you on and, and kind of jumping around, but kind of not back to the automation thing, but you know, you hire marketers all the time, and you're yeah. an acquisition marketer and you understand performance and, and what it takes to pull levers to make things like to make campaigns work. I feel like the automation is almost taking, taking that part away. Like the stuff that we came up learning and knowing and like how to, how to really get a campaign to work for you. Now it's just like throw all this creative to the publisher, let them figure it out, you know, let, let the AI, you know, work for it and, and, you know, spit out the, you know, the optimal, um, you know, media buy, um, and the hands-on part is kind of taken away from it. I'm always trying to find those hands-on guys, but they're hard to find now. Yeah, no, you know, it's so funny. Uh, I literally today at nine o'clock this morning, I had a webinar that I was doing and that's exactly what we talked about. There has been a switch. I'm glad that you brought this up as, as it's kind of cool that you are seeing the same thing. There's been a definite switch, um, where you are now running into over-engineering campaigns, so it used to be we'd go onto a net to a big media channel, especially a digital channel, and we'd have to really work that network. You really had to work Google, you know, algorithm, and really, you know, have somebody who's high touch points. Now you kind of want to create a really a lot of 
good creative and get the heck out of the way and let that algorithm fire. Uh, that's how we're seeing the exact same thing where uh, YouTube has been our, our number one channel this year from spend uh, performance wise for us in the financial publishing side. And so we're seeing that. And, and the big epiphany was our Google rep came in and we got a new one and he was like talking to us. And he basically was like, you guys are way over engineering this. He goes, do this, which is what you just said, create some good, you know, really, really good, strong content, some good ads and let, let, let Google YouTube do the rest for you guys. It will work. And sure enough, we got the best scale doing that method. So kind of cool that you are also seeing that on your end. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's like nowadays it's, it's search is the only place where you really are super hands-on or can be super hands-on with like the bid management and stuff. Yeah. Everything else, it's like, you know, you kind of set level, set limits and then just let it go. Let it go. Um, yeah, creative. I want to go back to that. Cause yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. That's, that's something that you're really big on and your agency is really big on is, is really, and, and even before kind of that need, I mean, you always just had like tons of creative, like keep going, keep going. Yep. Like that's the thing that it took a while for me to get used to. And for my creative agencies to kind of catch up to is, you know, when you're running on all these networks and, and some of them have creative wear out that are, it's a lot quicker than others, kind of like snap and TikTok or, or, or those Instagram stories, things like that. Um, you know, the volume of creative assets that you need is just, it's, it's, it's kind of mind boggling. Like, you know, like the briefs I used to get, I'd get like, you know, two or three digital concepts, maybe two to five digital concepts. And I'd run those for like a couple of months. Yeah. Now it's like, I need like 20 at a time. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Same. If you've seen ad fatigue happen and it um, faster, but you're also, the more you give the beast, that's what we call these algorithms, these beasts, you know, the more you feed the beast, the better the things do for you. And so that has been another trend. Do you see a trend? Um, are, are you fading or going away from something that you normally would have, you know, even 10 years ago, five years ago, been like, Oh, this is amazing. Um, or are you, are you, I've talked to some marketers who are like, you know, I'm actually taking a closer look at TV again, you know, because it's, um, you know, the, the, the everyone's kind of coming away. So I'm getting better rates now. Are you seeing any of that? Are you zigging when people are zagging? Are you, you know, fading something that you thought, wow, I'm kind of surprised that we're not spending as much in this channel anymore. Um, I think on the other side of it, I mean, I, honestly, I think the traditional web digital display campaigns, um, even programmatic, um, I'm moving away from and going more towards app as the acquisition tool. Oh. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it's, and that's just where everybody is now, right? Everyone's on mobile. Um, you know, all the impressions are on mobile. Um, yeah. Really easy to get a tap to download um, CTA. Um, people can download the app and register days later when they have yep. time, um, continue to do what they're doing, continue their scrolling, whatever they're doing. Um, you know, I think that's for us that cracked the code on digital channels that weren't working for us. Like for a while, we couldn't really make Facebook web work for us. It was expensive. It was, you know, it's just too much. People don't want to leave their feed to go to a website to sign up through the whole, you know, four step, four page registration process, you know, and yeah, yeah. it's just a lot to ask, you know, when they're, you know, when people are doing something else. And so 
while they're consuming their own, you know, their own media. And, and so, um, you know, having that kind of that frictionless or low friction, um, you know, app install, um, kind of CTA touch point, whatever, um, you know, allowed us to play in these, you know, allowed us to play in, in these channels and partners again. Yeah, that's cool. I, I do, I do see that, um, happening more and more where these brands have come up with some sort of an app and they've really pushed it. I saw you guys do the same thing it was a boost that you guys came out with that was like all centered around that. And you're collecting that first party data, you know, um, what I, I know we didn't necessarily, uh, talk about this before the show, but I'd love to get your input on, um, you know, I think Apple just uh, said, or somebody was saying that Safari is now getting rid of the pixel data on some of their sites. Um, are you paying attention to some of that right now? Are you like, nah, I'm not too concerned. Where are you at with like Google's announcement last year that they're going to be removing all third-party pixels from their browsers? Safari just started doing it last week. You know, I'd love to just kind of like pick your brain on, on from your perspective, what you think about that. Makes it hard. Um, you know, I mean, data is yeah. king. I mean, I work at Experian and I know this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're the data, we're the, the, the data champions, but, um, you know, it, it, it definitely makes it hard, right? I mean, you're, you're trying to get as much data around your customers, potential customers, lookalike audiences, you know, as possible. And like, they're, you know, removing that option from, you know, a, a good portion of, of the inventory that's out there. Um, you know, people ask me that, that question a lot. And, and I always say like, it doesn't impact me that much as much as most because we do so much app. And so we're already used to not being able to have that, um, yeah. you know, that, 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 that data, the, you know, the, the, the data touch points like that. Um, but, you know, now that we're, we are kind of going back and, and, you know, testing some, some more web stuff and it's like, you're just relying on the partner, you know, to, to give you the data versus, you know, what, what's, what used to be readily available. So, I mean, it, it is, I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it causes, it causes extra friction that, you know, that, 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 you know, we don't want it. It forces us to be, you know, to, to, you know, try to be smarter, but, you know, giving us less tools to do so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, it's a problem. Yeah. You know, I, I, I called this uh, earlier this year. I said that there, there, we were a part of the big pixel war for years. And when they, when all these pixels got so smart, they started, you know, everybody started utilizing them for all their digital, which made a lot of sense. But uh, we all saw this coming. As soon as Google announced that, I've been saying that, uh, you know, we're now going to be entering into the lead gen war. So having that ability to have direct communication with your customers outside of Safari, Google, you know, these, these big browsers um, is essential. And so it's cool to see that such a big brand like Experience saw this coming way before I did. And you guys were like, yep, we're going to find, we're going to get people to not only do lead gen, you took it to the next level. By having an app, you can have in-app communications with your audience with your prospects and you get so much more data being the data Kings that you guys are makes sense that you guys would go this move. So it's super cool to see big businesses um, and big brands see this coming my way and see the tactics that they're using, because I guarantee you that's what we're going to start to see. You're going to see more and more publishers um, convert into apps, which they already have, but they're going to be pushing those more often. And they're going to be following a lot about what you do. You Steve are the trendsetter, like what you do and the decisions you guys make at Experian 
is what other people are going to look to to try to say, all right, how'd they do it? How are they getting around that? How are they being able to do it? And they will. And so for everybody who's listening right now, um, if you don't have an app or some way to get first party data and have a strong communication with your audience and you're relying on this, this third party pixel, you're going to be in trouble. So that's how, you know, you know, are you going to say something? Go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, it's all about engagement, right? I mean, and, and, you know, whether it be an app with push notifications or just a really, you know, kick-ass, you know, CRM strategy, um, customer journey, um, you know, strategy as well. Like, I, you know, all those, you know, you want to get your customer engaged with your, um, you know, with, with, with your business in whichever way you can. So if it's, what's the easiest way to do it, what's the way that's, 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 you know, um, you know, that, that, that's, that, that seems like, you know, the, the, the most frictionless, um, you know, behavior that could get them back. Um, that's what you try to do. Right. I mean, yeah. email open rates, you know, uh, probably dropping, but yeah, 100%. I, you know, I, 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 I'm, you know, I think especially even now with kind of the, the, the situation the, the, that we're dealing with in the world, it's like, you know, every brand is talking to their customer, but what are they saying? They're, they're talking about COVID. They're talking about, you know, their stance on um, the social issues that are going on. You know, it's like you're, and you're trying to sell them on something in the middle of that and it really gets lost. So, um, you know, what's the, what's the best way to kind of break through that kind of noise that. You know, Tell that, me that that's a great, that is a great question. What is uh, Experian and what are you doing to uh, change your marketing uh, in the midst of a global pandemic. I mean, you know, this is crazy. Uh, I mean, my, my kids are in school and now they're not in school and everyone's lives have been turned upside down. How have you navigated this whole global pandemic and all the other uh, things that have happened this year in 2020? Um, you know, I mean, we're lucky because we have a product in Experian Boost that actually helps consumers. And so, you know, we didn't feel, we didn't feel bad, you know, still advertising during that time. You know, we kind of, we, 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 we switched, we switched kind of our, our creative messaging a little bit and, and talked about more of the benefits of our product and, and why it helps everybody and why, you know, it, if you're, you know, it, it helps you if you're in a you know, time of need and, and we talk about how it's, it's free, you know, and, 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 you know, you can get this for free and we're actually helping you. Um, so the product actually helps you improve your credit score instantly. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't feel bad kind of pushing while everybody was pulling out, um, because of the product that we had. Um, but it also allowed us to capture really great rates. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, we were able to, um, really take advantage of, of, of a situation without really taking advantage. Like, you know, like it, it yeah. was just, um, you know, I, I, I kind of just went at it like we normally would by, by changing, changing the messaging a little bit. Um, and, and then just being really cognizant of where we were advertising. Um, you know, if we were buying a CNN spot, I didn't want to run like our funny John Cena ad, you know, I wanted to run a testimonial talking about how one of our customers was, you know, was able to save money, you know, by, um, you know, on their car payments because of Experian Boost. And, and so, that's the type of thing that, that, that we did. And, 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 you know, we're really, you know, paid attention to, you know, the, the, the different 
the different channels and the different partners and where we were running and, and, and tried to kind of make it less about, you know, make it less about making money and make it less about, you know, having fun with it and more about really just conveying the message of, you know, we can help save you money during this time. Um, you know, we can help, you know, your financial stability, we can help, you know, build your financial security, like things like that. Um, yeah, that, that's brilliant. I, uh, I, I want everyone to, I want to touch on this for a second. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, marketing 101, it doesn't matter how big of a business you have. And this is what's so important. You guys are spending more money than anybody's ever been on the show. And yet you're using uh, a, a tactic that is absolutely fundamental to all, all marketers and all advertisers, which is join the conversation. So what is the conversation happening inside of your audience's mind? And in COVID, unfortunately, a lot of people had lost their jobs. A lot of people were furloughed. A lot of people were laid off. A lot of people were uncertain about the future. I know I certainly was. And so instead of being funny and comical and try to be completely unaware, unempathetic to what's actually happening, you guys said no. Let's talk about how um, if you have a better credit score, you can actually save money. Could, we can lighten the burden that you're going through right now by boosting, and it's, it's going to happen right away. I mean, that is, that's brilliant. I love that you have that type of pulse. Uh, every phenomenal marketer that I've ever met in my entire life um, has the same thing in common with you, Steve, that you are empathetic, that you're an empathetic person that gets it. And you're like, why would I go and run? You know what I mean? That's, that's just like, it's so counterintuitive, but yet there's so many brands who we've all, <laughs> we've all seen them do this. Some big, big brands run the most idiotic ads at the wrong place, trying to take advantage of the situation where if you really know your product, that's because if you love your product and love the business that you're in, which you do at Experian, then you guys are all about helping other people. And so you're finding a way to use uh, what your product does best and do it. So some, when one life is great and the world's, you know, the stock market's going to the moon and, you know, unemployment's at all time lows, you can have John Cena be really funny about your products and service, right? Yeah. Um, when the world's coming to an end and everybody thinks it's going to, you know, uh, the world's going to come apart and they want to save money and they're looking for ways that they can lower their expenses, you're, you know your product so well and you're empathetic, you were able to feed that same demand. Um, we too saw a dramatic decrease in advertising costs uh, across the board. I mean, especially digitally. I mean, it was phenomenal uh, for us. And like you, people are looking for information about their portfolios, how to protect their portfolios, how to take advantage of portfolios. So we saw an increase. So we just did the same thing. We just switched our messaging uh, to be empathetic to the situation that's happening right now and yet give them the thing that they're looking for. People are looking to save money. You guys provided the product for that. People are looking for advice. We provided the product for that advice. But uh, I don't know, I just wanted to touch on that. That's really smart that you guys were able to do that. And a really perfect example of tactically, I mean, very tactically, how we were able to go into even a specific, really specific source on a huge budget. I mean, I know you're spending a lot of money on TV. So to change it out down to that source is awesome. Um, okay, so I end every single episode, Steve, with the same question, and I'm going to do the same with you. It is, how do you get inspired or stay inspired as a marketer? You are, again, at the head of running a $200 million campaign every single year, um, and you've got, I mean, so much to navigate and deal with as a big business. Um, what do you do? How do you do it? <laughs> um, honestly, I... You know, I, I still, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a performance marketer at heart and, um, and 
you know, when I get up in the morning, I like everybody else, grab my phone, kind of check emails, texts, whatever. And then I log in and check performance from the prior day. And I, you know, check every channel, um, you know, how we compared to the week prior to the year prior to the month prior. And, um, and that energizes me, you know, like, you know, yeah. it, it gets my, it, it gets my, you know, head thinking and, and, and it gets me, you know, if we have a good day, I'm fired up. If we don't, I'm, you know, I come up with all the questions that I need to ask my team as to why. And, and, you know, um, and then, you know, again, if we have a good day, like, how do we duplicate that? Like, are we doing all the things that we're doing, you know, are we yeah. doing same things? Um, you know, so it's like, I get, I get motivated by performance, you know, and, yeah. and, um, and, and, you know, when I was, I mean, I remember when I was at a startup and, you know, the last startup I was at Hello Tech, and we, um, you know, when we first launched that first week and like the first couple of orders that came in off of like the digital channels, you know, and it's like, we got two orders today. We got 10 orders today. Right. And I would just yeah. do it every day. And it's like, now I'm, now I'm, you know, at this, you know, at this, you know, publicly traded large company, um, you know, with, you know, much larger budgets and it's just a different level of, of performance, right. It's not, you know, it's not one or two or 10, it's, you know, thousands, but it's still energizing me the same way. And, and so that's the, you know, that, that's the thing. I mean, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're spending $10 or $10 million. I mean, it's, you know, you you still want to make those dollars work for you the same way. And you still, you know, get jazz when they do. Yeah, it's really cool. Like I said, I've, uh, I've known you for a long time and that is exactly what you get fired up to talk about. And anytime we ever catch up, you've got some, and it's always numbers driven and you're looking at it and you're like, Hey, I'm really liking this direction of this, or this is really, really cool. Or, I don't understand why this is happening here and we're figuring it out. And, uh, and, and it's really cool for, I think everybody here listening to this is that the guy that, you know, literally has uh, a huge budget and has a huge team is still every single day on his phone, looking at the numbers. And at the end of the day, you are numbers driven. And that's what all great performance marketers are. It's black and white. You either did it or you didn't do it. And if you're not doing it, you want to know why that, that fires you up. If you are doing it, you're like, great, how can I do even better? Uh, and each one of those cases makes you who you are today. It's why you're in the position that you're in. You've gone a long way with your career. Um, I know that this is uh, the very beginning of some big, big things in your future, man. And it's been an honor, dude. I thank you. I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your day and with everything that's happening to uh, spend it with the Secrets of Marketers podcast. But Steve, you've been amazing, man. Awesome, dude. Thank you for having me. Great to catch up with you too before and after this. So um, yeah, just... Uh, Keep it going, man. Thanks, dude. So if anybody has any questions, what's the best way for them to find you? Should they go on LinkedIn or how, how can they get in touch with you? LinkedIn works. Um, you know, my emails, steve.hartman at experian.com. Um, you know, you can find me there as well. Um, yeah, I mean, LinkedIn's probably the best way. Great, guys. Go to LinkedIn if you got any questions about Steve, anything that was on this episode. And again, man, thank you so much for your time. We'll definitely have you back soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Jeremy. There you go. That concludes another episode of the Secrets of Marketers podcast. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're looking for even more content, more ideas, more things that you can do today to help grow your business, then head on over to my Instagram page at Secrets of Marketers. I've got a bunch of content on there and we are giving you guys access to all the behind the scenes stuff that go into making these episodes happen, as well as even more content that you can start to apply to your business today. And if you guys like this show, then help me spread the word. Go to the podcast page on iTunes and leave me a review. It's how I can rank well and how other people can find me. So go for it. Thanks for making my dreams come true. Now go make yours come true. Thanks again.